But in general, I um, I agree more. Like, if of the two, of the two extremes, I probably agree more with the super woolly lefties. Yeah. But I'd rather have a pint with the righties. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Good day to you. This is Pretendship. I'm your host Shaolin Pete and I'm thrilled to be joined today by a stand-up who you'll know from shows up and down the country, um, including Edinburgh Fringe, his last YouTube special, Too Big to Fail, and now his new YouTube special, um, Back on the Grass. That's it, got it right. Um, and also his podcast, uh, Rob Mulholland, has an opinion. It is the titular Rob Mulholland. Hello. Uh, it's a pleasure to be out of my house, to be honest with you. It's an absolute joy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's getting increasingly difficult to like find justifiable excuses to, to go out. I, I give a shit, man. I've been like, I've been, I've been like breaking every rule I can through yeah. all of this. Like, for a while now, I've had the thing of like, look, I'll wash my hands, I'll wear my mask, I'll keep my distance. Yeah. But apart from that, I'm going where I want and I'm yeah. doing what I want. <laughs> like, yeah, so, yeah, I think there's the opposite. You could be tired as like someone who, oh, I'll never wear a mask, but it's, nah. I'll use my discretion and I'll be sensible. Yeah, like COVID exists. I'm not one of them. I'm not like, yeah. you know, going out licking 5G towers and shit. Like, <laughs> and I get, it's a real thing. People have died. It's serious. Yeah. But I don't think a lot of the, um, a lot of the sort of restrictions, and I think even the purpose of them is to help. You know, like yeah. a lot of the restrictions that are put in place seem like needless. This lockdown isn't a lockdown. If schools are open, what the fuck are we doing? Like, you know, it's just like locking your doors and leaving the front window open, isn't it? Yeah. Like, so I'm not that asked about it. I'm just gutted that nowhere's open because in the little, in that sort of little perineum we had between lockdowns, I was out fucking putting on gigs wherever I could and yeah. stuff. I'll get back to that as soon as there I can. Was, there was, um, I think the first place that I saw you gig, actually, was at Comedy Vault. Oh, sick. Were you at the one where Adam Rowe was on? Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. I, that was... Actually, I got ripped by Adam Rowe. In that, I don't oh, know. Oh, you were doing the photos, that weren't you? That was me, yeah. Yes, I remember. That <laughs> and was he just so started funny. Into Absolutely me. volleyed like... into you. It was great. Oh, that is one of my favourite gigs pretty much ever, you know. Yeah. It was special, wasn't it? Because it was... And it felt secretive. Well, it was. It was, like, totally illegal. Cause it was was like, it? Yeah, it was, a, it was a week after the local lockdown came in in Manchester. Right. So, like, the rest of the country was out of lockdown, but Manchester was in. And you were not allowed to be doing shit like that. But, like, they just... Uh, the bar just went, ah, fuck it, we're carrying yeah, on. because I remember coming in like, oh, is it the comedy night? And the bar guy was like... Yeah, because there was actually coppers in there at the that time. That was the, the week after they showed up. And oh, shut exactly. It down. I went every week, so maybe yeah, it was, it was that the one. week after they shut it down because I went to host it again. Um, but yeah, it was so sick because it just had that like cool like vibe of like a speakeasy. You know, it was like twenty people. In Felt the like we were in the Vampire Club in Blade. Or yeah, something. yeah, man, it was proper cool. Like it was like, the first like a legal comedy gig I've done. I felt like Lenny Bruce. I yeah. loved it. <laughs> but yeah, the atmosphere was so sick because everyone was so ready for it. Everyone was so pissed off and comedy is all about releasing tension isn't it? Yeah. and everyone was tense everyone was miserable so oh, like, I, I remember one of the acts was like um, playing on that a little bit and like yeah. really getting in everyone's grills and coughing in faces I was like that's perhaps a little too yeah that's, that's that's a line I'd not probably yeah. uh, probably not straddle but you know like new comedians will try things yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, the thing was like with that audience as well they were all like 
24 and like you know stay away from your nana for the next couple of weeks we'll be mm-hmm. all right yeah. <laughs> it was one of them yeah i think i'm on your team there man yeah like i'm not you know it's it is mad people have got like really like firm beliefs on it and whenever i've put anything out about like even mentions covid you get all the fucking people on both sides like crawling out where it's like either like you've got to be inside or that everyone's nana will die forever you've got that <laughs> side where it's like you know, if you leave the house, you're a criminal and disgusting and you're murdering everyone's grand. Yeah. Then the other side, you've got the people who are like, oh, it's definitely fine, it doesn't exist, fucking lick what you want. And it's like, well, no, there's, there's probably a middle ground between them, 100%. isn't it? 100%. I always think that the the former in, in the two camps that you described there, mm. it's there's something to learn about relative risk, really, isn't there? Yes, yeah, that is totally like, obviously that. Obviously, it's not the ideal way to go about not... You know, if in an ideal world, everyone just completely succumbed to the guidelines or whatever, and then it would be over quickest, but you'd be sacrificing freedoms. This is it, man. And like, look, I I don't know if this is true, and I don't know if this is just the thing I've noticed. Like, the thing with me on social media is my social media is really skewed because I know loads of comedians. So it's a load of like woolly lefties. Like, that's my main thing. And then a few aggy right wing people against them. But like, in general, my sort of social media feeds skew that way. So I see a lot of that. And it's often sort of correlates with being quite middle class, I think. The people who are super pro-lockdown. In my experience, I don't know if this plays out, you know, I haven't done the statistics. They tend to be people who can lock down and they're people who have locked down, you know, because, like, poor people never fucking locked down. They were bringing shit to rich people, the whole yeah. lockdown. So I think that I've definitely seen that correlation where if you, you know, if you can do it and you're going to be safe, then you're like, yeah, lock everything down. But... It's not that simple, is it? Like, um, poverty kills. And I think there's been a huge, like, hypocrisy with people who fucking six months ago were like, the Tories are killing people with austerity. And now they're like, locked down forever and don't worry about the financial side of it. Like, the financial side is a human cost. It's not like, you know, I'm not here like, yeah, we need to put profit before people's lives. (laughs) I'm not like a fucking business guy. But people need, like, money to eat. People are struggling, so stopping them from working is... That's like GCSE-level economics. Yeah, exactly, yeah. (laughs) I think that's, like, the first lesson you do if you do an economics course. Money equals food. (laughs) So, yeah, man, like, I... um... Oh, I was going to ask. um, So you are familiar with the Brighton comedy scene, right? Yeah, I lived in Brighton, like, last year. I only moved up, uh, back up about a month before lockdown. It was the best fucking timing of anything. It was a good time. Mate, the timing was so good because I was in this like little basement flat in Brighton and like the good thing about it was it was like a two minute walk to the sea. So that was cool. But if I'm not allowed to go to the beach, what's the fucking point? We're in this little damp, mouldy flat and I didn't really like living in Brighton. It's not my place. Yeah. A load of people I love down there now, but um, I was fucking glad to be back. So yeah, imagine being down there right now. And is there a different sort of crazy culture, like just the people down there? Yeah, massively. And like I've noticed that I've been down a couple of times doing gigs uh, in this year. Actually, I did a few like um, like open air gigs down there, and like the vibe is totally different in in Manchester in Brighton. Everyone's much more following every single rule to the letter in Brighton. Everyone's a lot more scared of it. When I made jokes about COVID, they were upset. Like the upset, yeah. like uh, there was a joke I've been like a little throwaway line I've been like sort of starting sets with at the moment where I say like I'm so sick of this I've been going around retirement homes licking the soaps trying to hurry it up <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah everyone in the north does that they go yeah yeah because you haven't been doing that I'm obviously obviously why would I choose soap that's a horrible thing to lick yeah. <laughs> like yeah, in Brighton I did that that's evocative imagery though yeah exactly a good joke thank you I think everyone like everyone in the north has agreed and laughed but yeah I did it in Brighton at the open air theatre and like there was just a gasp. Just people went, oh, 
So I haven't fucking actually. Maybe done you've it. got a salt licky sort of face. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's it. Like, this northern is disgusting. Yeah. But no, in general, there is like a real different culture, and like there's things that I really like about it. But there's also it is, it is um, Brighton's culture, especially in comedy terms, is what I think a lot of like anti-cancel culture comedians are worried the rest of the world is. Like, it's it can be difficult. It depends on the gig. Um, like, Comedia is my one of my favourite clubs in the world in Brighton. It's because you get tourists from all over the place. So it's just a comedy club. I can tell you doing open mic comedy in Brighton is tough for me oh, yeah. because I'm like I'm someone who likes to tread lines you know and like I'm not trying to upset anyone but I think like the funniest shit is on the line and you've got to be brave enough to sneak up and grab it yeah and uh, the way I the sort of process of my material often is it starts out really upsetting and offensive and I gradually work out how to make it funnier yeah <laughs> so the first few drafts of things can be really difficult and I was done and you have to work that out in public you have to there's no rehearsing at home you know there's none of that I and I only write on stage as well I've, I have the idea I go say it to people yeah and I've got a bit that will uh, I'm working on still it's not done yet so it's not going to be on this special but I think next year's one I think it'll make about trans athletes, right? And I'm trying to be supportive of trans people in it. Right? I want to be like a straight white guy with a supportive pro-trans bit, but also like, you know, wind it in with the Olympics. So like, it's it's a real difficult balance, and I think it's really funny. But um, I fucking stunk some rooms out in Brighton with it. I can tell you that yeah. it was it it was. Look, that's possibly my poor choice, but I had nowhere else to try stuff at that. I would time. imagine potentially the trans capital of the UK, maybe. Very possibly, yeah. I mean, it's look, it's it's very heavily LGBTQA plus whatever that, that <laughs> all the, symbol, all the letters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking print sign. Like uh, it's all you know, and like that's cool. But like, it's the um, it's. When people are just really sensitive about jokes, it makes it really difficult. Because, yeah. like, um, I think if you go to a comedy night with that, you see some people turn up with the expectation that you're going to be horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're sort of, like, arms crossed already. And that's not how we can do Because it's meant to be play. You know, yeah. we're meant to be playing together. And you can't play with someone like I agree. And I don't think that... Um, I think it's misleading, their reaction, because I don't think they are necessarily, you know, incensed by what you're saying. I think people... Mm. You know, it, more and more so. Typically now, a lot of people are looking for ways that they can, in my view, um, sort of bolster their argument that there's certain types of people that exist out there. Like they're literally yeah. trying to find something that they can quote from you to yeah. get like Instagram likes. Or- yeah, yeah, totally. And like, look, this this definitely exists. Uh, where I differ from a lot of comedians on this is I fucking love it. The more people are offended, the more people are upset, the more people complain about comedy, the then you're fucking doing the job. better. Yeah, it makes it exciting. It, firstly, it makes me seem cool. It makes me seem like the guy who's like going against this sort of like censorious sure, softiness. Sure. It means that like, I've seen things where comedians are like, well, I self-censor now. Fucking good. Leave that room for me. I don't give a fuck. Because the worst that happens is someone goes on Instagram and goes, it's said a bad joke and I get more followers. Like, yeah. Nothing can happen. I don't have a TV show to fire me off. I can't get cancelled off my own podcast. Come at me. Um, how would you... Have you ever been like, oh, what happens if some someone with a huge following yeah. is, like, you know, particularly triggered by something I say, and then they make it their great. mission, but then it, they, maybe they've got an army of followers that are, like, you know putting on all your videos, this has caused me to feel harassed and alarmed. I'll be honest with you, I'd fucking love it. I genuinely would. If YouTube got cancelled, though. Well, like, the thing is, like, that is extremely unlikely to happen. Yeah. Extremely. And, like, I'm never going to say anything where it's going to be like that. Like, I'm never going to say anything that's, like, I I think is a worry about being banned. But, like, it doesn't mean, like, the issue's not a worry. If, If people are complaining and getting the platform shut down... 
Yeah, that's a problem, but I just don't think it happens. Yeah. I don't think it, I don't think they have that influence. I think but what happens is that you is get, their goal, though. That's their goal, but you've also got to remember who these people are. They like just because they've got that goal doesn't mean they can achieve it. It's just a bunch of like <laughs> blue-eyed morons sat in a basement complaining, isn't it? Who gives a fuck? Like I just don't care. Like it's it's all like down votes on YouTube put you further up the search ranking. Is that true, mate? It's all it's all engagement. YouTube wants people angry or happy. They don't well, give a I'll fuck. Urge, urge you. Yeah, uh, stick a down vote on. This. <laughs> Genuinely, like it all—it's all—it's um, all grist for the mill, man. Like uh, more comments is good. Um, if someone big like retweets a thing of mine, like look how disgusting this is. What'll happen is a load of their followers, probably most of them, because it's them, will go, "That guy's disgusting." But some of them will go, "That's funny, that." I've got new fans. Yeah. You know, it's—it's uh, it's all publicity. It's I- the Irish affair approach. Yeah, I think he maybe took it a little far. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, Harry pushed that right to the limit, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it's um, it genuinely is publicity. Uh, like in ninety nine point nine percent of the cases, and I'd love people to get upset enough to write a blog about me. Like, it's just, it's, that's the dream, mate. Like, I, I put on every one of my posters now a, a review quote I got at Edinburgh a few years ago from the National Student. <laughs> they uh, they said I was nasty, offensive, and dangerous. And I can't tell you how many shows they have filled for me with that quote. Yeah. Yeah. How many tickets have sold? It makes me sound cool as shit. It makes me sound like Guns N' Roses. Yeah, it's, and it's quite vague as well. It's, it's yeah. not, it's not people, really insulting, is I've it? I've had people leave because I wasn't offensive enough. I've had people leave an Edinburgh show because I wasn't just going like, dead babies in the Holocaust, you know? Oh, yeah. So do you feel, is it, you know, with this, um, if we're conceding that there is some sort of polarisation mm. of comics going like, I self-censor now. Yeah, yeah. Are you afraid that, well, I just, I'm not trying to be you know, provocative for the sake of being yeah, contrary. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just trying to be myself, and yeah, that yeah. happens to be like over here somewhere in the dirtier or bluer. Well, I don't yeah, know what no, the... that's that's totally fair. So yeah, yeah. Do, are you afraid that you know, in the same way, um, after Bird did his uh, yeah. um, you know famous Philadelphia run, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he was like, "Fuck, is that what everyone's going to expect now?" Yeah, there, there can be an element of that definitely, where you've got to be careful with the audience you cultivate. Um, but in general, you know, like the most um, the most horrible shit I do is I do a roast show with Freddie Quinn and Brendan Reese every week on Hot Waters Channel. I do that on Sunday at five o'clock, and it's fucking grim. Like we just get people sending photos, and we're horrible about them. That's that the is whole. So good. That's the whole extent of it. But like, um, and we are fucking horrible. Like we don't hold back. At all, you, gets, you get to see the pictures beforehand. No, you just no. Uh, I, we discussed it at the start, and we were like, we prefer to have a genuine reaction. So we never see any of it. They literally come up, and us three just fucking go in. And on that, it gets wild. But it's built up such a beautiful community. Genuinely, it's like the nicest community of lovely people. They're all horrible to each other, yeah. but they all back each other and they stick up for each other. And it's like yeah, this little yeah. beautiful thing where we all consent to being horrible. Because, yeah, if it's said, then it doesn't feel secretive. And Yeah, and like that's how I show love. And I think a lot of people do. It's like, you know, in my family, like my whole family are brutal. Like they just rinse me constantly. And like that's how a lot of people are. And like... This is the thing with all the cancel culture stuff. Like, whilst there's like a big group of people who are like, you shouldn't make any jokes because it'll hurt people's feelings. Uh-huh. Whilst they exist, I think there's just as many, if not more, people who are like, shut the fuck up, you pussy. I just yeah. want to hear a joke. And like, I just aim all my shit at them and ignore them. Yeah, it's like when you have good friends, when you sort of graduate from an acquaintance to a, you know, a, more of a friend, yeah. you dispense with politeness. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, when yeah. you first meet, oh, it's really good to meet you. Yeah, 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 and then yeah. you can get into like really oh, winsome Oh yeah, yeah, somewhere. like, you know, like my best mate so did my phone as fat cunt, you know, it's yeah. like, because he's my best mate, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. like, you know you're a good mate with someone when the racial banter starts. You know? Yeah, like, so it's I've, like that. I've felt more familiar than perhaps I ought to with mm. certain people 
um, you know, a party or whatever, and then offered them an insult, and they've been like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would never time. have said that if I if I didn't feel close to you. Exactly, I'm exactly the same. If I'm like roasting you, like it, it, you can you can tell. Like if I'm if I'm smiling, yeah. <laughs> then you know we've been mates, and I'm fucking around, and I'm teasing you because yeah, that's yeah. how I bond. Actually, with them. Um, uh, well, especially as it's been like lockdowns and just yeah. like people, I don't know, as you get into your late 20s, early 30s, people just don't come out anymore anyway. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm solidly in the 30s now. Everyone's buying a house or having kids or whatnot, you know. It's... Yeah, and, and because of that, like I'm not getting, um, you know, the bants. I'm yeah. not getting that very <laughs> often anymore. I no, miss it's it. brutal that at the moment, man. That's it. Like, I just miss hanging out with people and stuff, you know. Yeah. Like, that's the, the bit that gets me miserable. What speak. are you not missing? about uh you know like what's good about not seeing people oh, that is that is a good question i don't know you know like i'm a, I'm a proper like attention whore i like being around people yeah. all the time to be fair like one thing that's been quite good with it as i have um i have like just sat at home and that shit and not felt anything about it like yeah. i've not i've not worried about that man i've got like i've got a fucking nice little middle-aged belly coming along sure, sure. fucking no one's seeing me couldn't give a shit it's, like, it's, like, it's locked down so, man like i've been i've been spending like fucking three times as much as normal on my big shop and then smashing it in the week you know i've been like look we'll stock up so we don't have to go to the supermarket as often and then yeah. i just fucking inhale tonics caramel wafers for a week like, so yeah because uh, with your podcast it's sort of, it's like rob mohan has an opinion it's yeah. sort of framed as like you being you know do you know what this thing that you would think a lot of people like well i think it's stupid yeah it's a bit of that yeah yeah it's like it's it, there's a there's a there's a like a little bit of like irony to the title as well like i called it rob mulholland has an opinion because every cunt's got an opinion now, yeah, yeah. you know like and also like it's just i like really on the nose titles i thought it was funny but yeah it's it's just me booting off about stuff yeah like, yeah but yeah Basically, i thought yeah. that maybe that's that there's there are things about you know, just normal life that you hate that now you don't have to deal with as much. Yeah, look, I'm sure there are, like, um, but, like, the, the thing with me is I will just focus on gr- grumbling about whatever is happening right now. Right. <laughs> you know, I will find the negative in whatever situation is going on. I don't miss... The thing is, like, I thought, like, when lockdown first happened, I was like, you know what, I'm going to enjoy not driving for a while. Within a week, I was playing Truck Simulator on my computer because I missed it. It's yeah. mad, that, innit? Like, I thought the driving to gigs, because normally I'm on the road so much... Yeah. I, like, I miss the time just alone in my car. What do you, you bang tunes on, podcasts? Bang tunes on or a it? podcast, yeah, yeah. And I just, uh, sometimes I just drive in silence and it's just, the only time it's just me contained in this little environment. Nighttime driving like a game, just lights going yeah, past. Mate, and, and like, uh, yeah, it's so fucking nice. So yeah, I even missed that. I think look, look, I've got full on, like, I've got that rose tinted glasses at the moment. As soon as I'm back to it, I'll be like, fuck this, fucking. I, look, I even enjoyed like some real ropey open mic nights in the uh, little bit of the uh, the perineum, of the little gap between. Yeah, compared to not gigging, it's just like a joy. It's a fucking beauty, man. Yeah, so uh, like at the moment, like I'm so fucking done with like lockdown. I would happily go anywhere, do anything right now. Do you think maybe? And maybe I mean this sounds ridiculous because I'm sure anyone who knows anything could go well, no, because this, this, and this. But could you Driving. not just? Could you not have just? events or places where everyone just signs some sort of disclaimer yeah that would be nice uh, i mean that would seem like it would make sense but no it's fully illegal so uh yeah like you know that's that's where i hope we get to with this you know with like the vaccine and that once there's a vaccine out everybody wants it go get it everyone else you're on your fucking own surely that's got to be it i've seen with just in talks before the vaccine's even been spoken about, like, it's coming next week. Like, yeah. It's just this, like, pipeline dream right now. And already there's more 
sort of opposition to this mm. out of any vaccine that I've heard. Yeah, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Because like, I, I get the concerns with it being rushed or whatever, but there's not a fucking microchip in it. Like, how do you think microchips work, you fucking spanners? Like, yeah. you're not getting chips, you're not getting tracks. No one's deliberately trying to fuck you up with it. It's just like, the, the only like concern would be that it'd be rushed and unsafe. But... Like, it's very, it's unlikely, because, like, we're giving it to fucking everyone in the world. No, like, capital, if you, even if you believe the Illuminati exists, and there are these capitalist overlords, like, their whole purpose is to get money out of people. Them killing the entire world's population does nothing for them. They want people working, yeah. you know? Like, that's how capitalism works. We need to work in order to p- give them money. Yeah, with loads of conspiracies, like, but why would they want that? It's always the why. That's the bit where it falls down. And, like, like I, I am, uh, like, I, I totally think there's loads wrong with, like, modern capitalism, and there's, like, loads of stuff that's happening now. It's just a blatant wealth transfer and, like, all that sort of stuff. But I don't believe there's a group anywhere organised enough to run everything. I don't think there are people competent enough to be the Illuminati. I think people are too inherently yeah, shit. Yeah, I, I like uh, South Park one where it was the 9-11 conspiracy episode yeah. and th- and it turned out that the you know the White House basically started the rumours that the White House yeah 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 to make but, them look good yeah because they were like there's no way we could organise that but if people think that we're organised enough then this be- is it man that's uh, that's where I think a lot of like conspiracy comes from I don't know like I am um, because like, I, I, I should be someone who's super prone to it I smoke loads of weed I watch loads of YouTube but like, yeah. I am fucking primo target from conspiracy stuff but yeah. I don't know, if, I, I, I can't speak for everyone, obviously. I think in general, I think it often comes from a place of, like, sort of um, wanting to seek order in the world because it's sort of less scary if there is an order that is, um, even if it's malicious and even if it's something that works against you. At least you. Now, now you know the rules. There are rules, exactly. There is a rule book, there is some order, there is some sense. And I think the idea that the world is just chaotic and no one's in charge and no one knows what they're doing, no one's competent. Like, yeah. everyone in the world's like, fucking I'm, I'm more comforted, like, that whoever you are, you still have to take a shit and you don't know why you're alive. Yeah, exactly, but yeah. But if, if you feel as if some, someone's in control and there's no control, like, depression, um, I'm, I'm sure there's, like, studies backing up that people often get depressed when they're in positions where they can exert no control over yes. what's going on. It's, it's, yeah, it's a horrible thing for a human to feel trapped and feel like that, and, like... A lot of modern capitalism leaves people feeling like that, you know? It's sort of designed that way. You 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 end up having to get a job in order to service your debts and you just get on this treadmill and you're trapped within it. So, like, if you, if you feel like you've got no control in your life and then, you know, you sort of start unravelling this puzzle online yeah. and it's it's not, like, handed to you. And there's so much, to, like, you can get really stuck in. You can in. prove anything on the internet, literally anything, if you... if you There is, a, there is evidence for it yeah. there. And, like, you know, you feel like you get these little rewards of going, like, oh, I've worked a thing out here. And then, oh, you meet this group. I think it's more to do you. with that, you know, feeling is, it's like an identity, rather than, like, oh, now I feel comforted that no one... That, yeah. that, that there is some, someone in control when there mm. perhaps isn't. I think it's more to do with, like, oh, I'm one of the ones that figured it out. Yeah, all you guys are blue motherfuckers there's definitely a lot of that of like you're the sheep I'm the smart one and like you know if you're someone who's never been included in a group this is why like loads of like horrible shit happens isn't it like uh, it's how people end up in like the ADL and stuff like that it's like if you've never been included you've never had a group you never felt like worthwhile you never felt valued yeah and then suddenly there's a group that like no you're special and you know shit and we value you for you and you're welcome in and here have a medal and now, now you're the fucking wizard you're like yeah, you know, yeah. then people feel like special and it you know gives them that feeling of belonging and this is where 
look, I, I hate the term cancel culture because it means like eight different things at once. Right, and right. that's why I don't think it's useful. But like, so you've got to break down the individual elements of it. But one that I think is really um, like harmful is the sort of pushing away of people going, you've got a bad view. So I'm not going to interact with you anymore. Yeah. You know, I don't unfollow me. If you believe this, unfriend me. If you block all those people and push all them away, they don't stop existing. They're still people, and there are still plenty of groups who'll go, you come join us. Yeah. We're the Nazis, but you can come join us. Yeah, in know? fact, sometimes it can drive people away because they're like, well, you seem so um, exclusive, mm-hmm. so to speak, that you know, I'd rather not... I always grew up feeling very liberal, feeling mm-hmm. as if like I completely opposed any forms of like sexism, homophobia, racism. Yeah, yeah. But then now the people that are most vocally proponent of that yeah. are people that are all like knobheads now. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. like that. That is that has definitely been a shift I've noticed. Um, and well, in general, I um, I agree more. Like if of the two, of the two extremes, I probably agree more with the super woolly lefties. Yeah. But I'd rather have a pint with the righties. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like it, it's the thing that I'm against more than anything is authoritarianism. Like I don't like people setting rules, and I don't like people like trying to shut shit down and control other people. Yeah. I think you get that on the fringes of either side. Yeah. I just um, I, I just want to be away from that, and I try really hard to stay. Anytime I feel like I'm going too far one way, or people perceive me as going too far one way, I try and attack that side and move myself away. That's from it. like a comedian impulse, though, isn't it? Completely. I, I think like if I don't know. Some comedians have chosen a side. I like I like no one knowing. I like being in the middle somewhere. And like that's where my beliefs are as well. They're not all one thing. I think you know, I pick and choose different <laughs> beliefs. But yeah. yeah, I think if you're you keep people off guard, you want to be surprising people. And if people know everything you believe already, how can you surprise them? You know. So it's very profound. Right? Thank you very much, mate. I try, but uh, no, I, I totally believe that, and I think it's like, like keeping. Don't, don't you feel? Most comedians have, like, if you're saying that everyone's picked a side, I feel like comedy is a profession where everyone's sort of... Yes and no. Um, Like, more either... Both ways. Like, there are more left-wing people who do comedy than there are um, right-wing people because, you know, it's artsy-fartsy and it's, you know, it's just just the kind of people who end up in it. Generally, artists and performers tend to go that way. Yeah. But there is a growing uh, movement against that. You know, like, the whole joke, there's, like, fucking 20 only right-wing comedians in the country. There are. There's a bunch of them. And, like, there's some really fucking... Awesome right-wing comedians. Like, Leo Kirst is one of the funniest people in the fucking country. I love him. I disagree with 90% of his beliefs, but I love him. He's so funny. And there is more and more of that happening, and there is definitely more and more comedy happening that's just ignoring censoriousness and just completely going, oh, we don't need to do that. We've got the internet. The only people who need to worry about censoring themselves and, like, getting cancelled or whatever are people who are, like, desperate to get on telly and work for big companies. Yeah, yeah. If you work for the BBC or Netflix or fucking whatever big multinational company, they're going to have some rules about what you can say. Yeah. If you just work for, you know, putting out your own shit, then you're fine. You but even those people have sort of shifted, you know, people that are their own boss can't be cancelled, mm. you know, got their own YouTube platform. These are people that increasingly so seem to instead of tr- even trying to be funny, they're just putting out like Instagram stories mm. of like, these are ways that you can learn about the Yemen problem. Oh, but I can't be doing with that. Like, look, like... I'm, That's not funny. Love, love to my people in Yemen. But, no, I totally know what you mean. I'm, like, yeah, my, it's a bummer. It's sad. Like, you're reading it going, oh, I'm crushed by this, like, injustice. Exactly. I'm I not laughing. A, I went on a comedian's feed. I was hoping for a fucking gag. 
I totally get you on that, man. And like, sad comedy does my fucking head in. What, where they reveal something about their relationship? Oh, no, just, yeah, if you leave a comedy show crying, it's a bad comedy show. That's not the point of it. We're meant to be the light relief. We're meant to be the jokers in the corner, you know, fucking around with stuff. I don't want to learn anything from comedy. How do you, how do you feel about Chappelle's sort of re- more recent Yeah, interesting that, isn't it? Like, he's, go- he, he's going to that sort of raconteur level, you mm. know, where there, there does seem to be a point where with like certain like great comedians where they've sort of like done everything you can do in comedy. Yeah, Car- Carlin did it. Exactly. So I was going to reference it. He's going, it feels like he's going to that Carlin level where he's like sort of bored of laughter and just wants to talk about his thoughts. But still bo- just, thoughts. you're engrossed when you listen to him. This is it. Dave Chappelle can do it because he's one of the most brilliant speakers the world's ever known. Yeah. Like, you know, if Dave Chappelle picks up a microphone, I'll fucking listen to him. Doesn't matter what he's saying. Doesn't mean it's necessarily great stand-up, a lot of what he's done. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I didn't think the Saturday Night Live uh, bit was great. No, he dropped the ball a little bit. Yeah, but, you know, again, he's had no time to run it in. It's a weird crowd. It's socially distanced. It's He's not been, you know, it's it's really difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but he's aiming at a different thing. And I thought, um, I can't remember the name of the um, George Floyd special he did. It's like numbers or something, isn't it? It's like 13, 11, something like that. Yeah, anyway, whatever it is, um, I thought that was an incredibly powerful bit of rhetoric. I thought it was an incredibly powerful speech. I didn't think it was stand up really, and I don't think if you, you know, I, I did find it very funny that all the people who were like Nanette is not stand up are suddenly like Dave Chappelle's new stand up's great. Yeah. Well, it's you know Nanette's probably funnier than that. <laughs> you know? So I think that like it's um, it's interesting, and I'm I'm always interested to see what he does. But I'd like to see him being funny more. So, yeah, that would never be your goal to get to a you know. A, it's not now. Just command everyone's attention without with no laughs. It's not now, but like you know, I never like to say never because like you know I don't want someone dredging up this clip in twenty years when I'm being a boring cunt on stage and going, "You said you'd never do this." So you're not too um, you know prescriptive with your sort of parameters on comedy, so. You'll be yeah. doing the YouTube stuff. Yeah. You're doing shot roast um, battles. Yeah, I um, do all sorts, I, man. I'm sure I saw you in the past do, uh, maybe the first time I heard your name was yeah. uh, you battled Shuffle T, rap battled. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of a very, very occasional battle rapper. But for the for the listener or viewer, Shuffle T was a, a mainstay in uh, the Don't Flop, you might have heard. Yeah, like when, when Battle Rap's golden era a few years ago, like Shuffle T and Marlow is in a double act who were like the world tag uh, battle champions. They're amazing. And so yeah, sick. So funny. And yeah, I battled him um, at Hot Water Comedy Club. I can't remember. Uh, I'm sorry for... No worries. Did you... Did, how did it go? I did, won. Did you win it? I fucking won, Yes, mate. lad. <laughs> I fucking won. No like, way. Of yeah. like crowd reaction or did yeah, he concede not, like No, he, he conceded it. as well. Like he, he underestimated me definitely because like in my old battles I was a bit crap but I'd really learned rhyme technique a lot before this one. And, right. Um, yeah, I've battled, so, wait, have you done multiple? You've done a I've few I've done battles? a few, yeah, yeah. I've battled comedians a few times and then I've battled a couple of rappers and like now like I do it like once a year I have a battle yeah. and like me and Shuffler are having a rematch when uh, when we can basically I've told him because he did that at a comedy event I'm going to go to a battle event and like so we can have a home and away like, like a don't flop thing yeah like uh, probably not don't flop anymore but like um, one of the what happened companies. to don't flop I used to rinse don't flop craziness um, involving money and fallouts oh, with the like owners and drama and Dramas right. with the owners and the whole thing collapsed basically, which was a shame because it was a huge platform. But there's like, um, yeah, shouts to like Premier Battles and uh, there's a, there's a bunch of great battle um, like people putting out stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna go do that and like he won't underestimate me this time. I think I'm gonna get 
absolutely murdered. In yeah, the, in he's going to uh, go in, man. Oh, he'll go in on the rematch. Um, but yeah, he's a fucking great. Have you, are you already well. trying to concoct like you've finished him? I've, I've got a folder of um, rhymes in my phone, and like just every time I think of a multi thought work, I've got a, like I've got a whole like I've got one phrase. Why don't you that go I've dirt, dirt angle, like just like inbox his mates and see if you can. Uh, like, see, I think that's like the worst bit of battle rap is personals. Like, I used to do that a lot. I, like, yeah, I um, yeah. I had um, I did. There's like a now like infamous battle at Edinburgh at the Edinburgh Festival late night. There used to be comedians rap battles every year, and it was like loads of comics would turn out because it got fucking insane. And yeah. I had like a semi-legendary battle that I had to get deleted off YouTube because oh. it was too bad against Sam Gore, who is like my bezzy mate. Why did it have to get deleted? Because it was super bad, and Sam's got a day job, and like it was really bad. Like um, I. He did a whole verse about my sister having a degenerative muscle condition, and I did, it, which is accurate. Accurate, and I did, uh, I did a verse about his mum having terminal cancer. Yeah, so it was like, and like, we're both, if he didn't have a day job, you'd just be like, let's go, let's oh, put it. Oh, totally, on. we were for ages, but he's got like a job where it's super not okay for that shit to be about. So like, we had to why, knock why it down. Why did he not think about this? Well, he got the job afterwards. We had to knock it down. Sorry, we'll get it back up eventually. But um, yeah, just it was, get him sacked from his job. <laughs> I'm trying. But yeah, it was fucking grim. But it's just it, that was the sort of thing of like you know us mates. But um, I don't know. Like in battle rap, often it's just like I've seen people like get their lives ruined. It's like we're just having a battle, lads. Just call him, you know, just say he looks ugly. Yeah. Like, it doesn't need to be. I that. suppose it, yeah. If you put the bib on, expect to get slide tackled though. It is true. You look if you're in a rap battle, you can't complain about what fucking happens to you. Like if someone says some shit, it's a fucking battle. Imagine that moment where the penny drops, where they've got like you know screenshots of chat logs and you just like. Mate, I battled Leo Curse actually. Uh, it's on the BBC and it's. Fucking horrible. Um, they filmed. This it. is the more right guy. I don't know the yeah, name. Yeah, like he's a right wing comedian. Um, but yeah, we battled for the BBC at the Edinburgh Festival, and it was a fucking farce. And it was the thing that convinced me I didn't want to do TV comedy. Right. So like they contacted the guy who uh, ran the rap battles, Wee Man. He's a Scottish comedian. Does like some sick videos. Love Wee Man. Contacted him and we're like, we want to put the battles on BBC. Well, all right, and then we have this meeting where they're like, right, we, we love that they've already like signed it up, all good. And they're like, right, for all the battles, um, we, we just got to make our guidelines clear. It's nothing much, and um, we just need you to not do anything that could be construed as insulting or offensive. We're like, have you seen a rap battle? <laughs> that's literally all of it. That's the whole thing. I'm yeah. trying to think what they're actually what reasonable definition they could actually... Well, we had this whole fucking discussion. We are like, well, we literally can't do anything then. That's what it is. And, like, Compliment battle. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should have done that. We ended up like, having to send them all our scripts and everything. They were fine with it and all this. The bit that they were worried about was I printed a T-shirt with Leo Curse's dick on it. <laughs> Someone <laughs> sent me a dick. <laughs> so I had that on a T-shirt. And the, the thing they were worried about was that I had copyright for the image. And I was like, yeah, you can't buy this T-shirt in Top Man. Like, this is... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, they ended up editing it awfully. I don't know if it's still on iPlayer. Like, I fucking hated it. And they also painted it as this... Oh, just Frankenstein together. Mate, it was brutal. So, like, they set it up as, like, uber-lefty versus uber-righty. And that does not describe me at all. Right. Uh, So I was pissed off about that. I was made to be like, I'm going to be, like, rapping about my pronouns. And, like, it's not me. That annoyed me. But, yeah, they they butchered it. It was a two-round battle, and they ended up making it into, like, a three-rounder. And, like, they edited it in such a way that sometimes they'd cut off the setups for things, and they would cut half a rhyme scheme out. out. So what I was rhyming... It just seems like you can't rap. Exactly. It made me look dog shit. I had a, like, I had a comedian be like, mate, I've seen you battle. Why were you so bad at that one? I was like, oh. I fucking wasn't. So it's brutal. And But, yeah, what I learned was don't let anyone else have the edit. 
I was like, because we filmed it, they had the edit, they put it out. I had no control over any of it, and they fucking ruined it. They Did that do anything doing. for you? Even though you're like, fuck, nah. can you see a little... Nothing at all. Because um, it's just, they, they sort of released it on iPlayer, like, you know, maybe, I have no idea how many people watched it, but not many. They didn't do it with any fanfare. People can see your um, Edinburgh show, can they? Or? Yeah, my last Edinburgh show, uh, it's too big to fail. Like, that one is, uh, that, that was my, that I made it's it on special. YouTube now. Yeah, I filmed that at Edinburgh and uh, put that up as special. Then my previous Edinburgh show, uh, popular comedian Rob Mulholland, uh, that's on Next Up. That one's a uh, yeah. That one's more of a show. That's got like a theme. What, what is Next Up? Next Up's like they call themselves the uh, the Netflix of UK comedy. So it's like right. loads of stand up. Like it's dead good. Next Up, they're good right. people. Um, there's loads of shows on there. If you if you want to sign up, there is a discount code popular. You can get a free trial. But um, yeah, it's dead good. And like there's other stuff on there. And I um, yeah, I might I might take it off there eventually and put it on YouTube just because you know. Fills up my channel. Are, but are you cool to do that? You can just do eventually, that. yeah. Like I still, I still own it. I sort of lease it to them, the show every right. year. Um, so eventually, I might take it down, stick it on YouTube. Yeah. But I like those people; they do good shit next up. Yeah, so. we were saying just before we started recording, like mm. uh, I've been impressed just having a bit of a cursory look around at you. Uh, you know, because I'd seen you at Comedy Vault, mm. and I was like, this guy's sick, and he's like in Manchester. Like, let, let's get, let's get it going. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, obviously, have had a little poke around, see if I could find um, mm. some inspo or what have you. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, he's, he's got all the, you know, ta- tagged up and thumbnails on YouTube and website and yeah, like cross, yeah, it seems like you've got a team of guys doing it. But yeah, it, it sounds like that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's literally me, man. I do fuck in everything and uh, I am hoping to build a little bit more, like my aim is to get the team around me. I need, I need it. It's an incredible amount of work, man. Like you want like, someone to come in and go, look, we see potential in you. We'll take over all that side for you. I don't you. want any of that, man. No, no. I, I, I'm in charge of everything. Like my plan is I want to hire people to help me out. So I want yeah. uh, I want an editor and a videographer and a graphic designer, like those sort of things. So, you know, if anyone's out there, hit me up. Um, but yeah, like I'm working with a videographer I fucking love at the moment who I'm trying to convince next year to quit his job and come work for me. He's yeah. like a really good mate of mine and... He used to be a comedian. He gets my comedy. It just makes it so much easier. He's the one editing back on the grass at the moment. Right. So hopefully I'll hire him. But yeah, at the moment, I do literally everything. So I do all my web design. I do all my thumbnails. I do all my YouTube, my social media. If you see a subtitle on a video, I fucking put it there. If you've seen like a podcast that's edited, I did that. Yeah. Like I do a podcast called The Bielsa Bible every week as well, which is just about Marcelo Bielsa. I'm not going to burn out. Yeah, every now and again I do, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's loads and loads of work. It's loads of work. But the... A weed dispensary should have you on the poster, like, weed makes you lazy, Rob Mulholland. This is it, man. Right, like, fucking, like, look, we're, we're talk- so annoyed by people who are being like... in. Mate, people are like, our oh, stoners are lazy. It's like, do you realise the amount of shit I do? And I do it all high. Yeah. Because I'm ADHD as fuck. If I don't have that bit of weed, then, like, my energy just flies in all directions. Like, if I have a bit of weed, I'm just like, all right, I can just take it down a notch and work right like uh, it just it just clears my mind a little bit so focuses yeah a little bit and like, i produce so much shit so that stereotype that stoners are lazy is just such bullshit it's, it's just absolute bollocks and i have loads of like action stoners do you think it brings out laziness in lazy people 100 percent. if yeah. you're already lazy and you're smoking weed it's not going to motivate you but like if maybe it makes people indulge in what makes them uh, what stimulates them so some people just yeah. like I like eating biscuit when there's no yeah, yeah. when there's nothing to do I like just watching Modern Family yeah, well, whereas don't get me you wrong. like being productive and doing shit don't get me wrong I, I do plenty of that like, I do plenty of sitting on the sofa in my pants fucking hoying McVitie's in my face like, I, have, I was watching Modern Family before you got here <laughs> it's fresh in the yeah, mind yeah. 
yeah, and like, uh, you know, that's definitely an element of it. But also, like, um, if it's one of the reasons I really want it to be legal so I can pick and choose what weed I have so I can have like a buzzy daytime way yeah. to get me going. I'm feeling a sativa blend. This it? is it, man. Look, I am properly one of those fucking cunts. I'm proper hipster about Are you weed. into Dam? Yeah, lots of times, man. So it. is that what it's like there? I've never been, so is Yeah, that... you can just choose from, like, you get, like, a menu and, like, you know, you choose, like, different strain types and stuff and, like... They're nice. It's nice just being like an adult and buying a thing in a shop. Like, I'm sick of getting in the back of some cunt's corset. I'm 32 years old. Like, I don't need to be doing this anymore. Yeah, like, it feels crazy. My dealer last night, right? So, like, it's one of these dealers where, like, you ring a guy and they send out someone. So it's always a different cunt I'm seeing in the car, yeah. right? One who, 14-year-old on a bike. The one who came out last night, right? It's the most fucking obvious dealer I've ever had in my fucking life. I had to have a word. I was like, mate, can you... Keep it down a bit, right? So it's like, I'm on like a residential terraced house street, right? It's all families and that. There's always like kids playing in the street. Yeah. And I wait till night because I'm not a fucking savage. This guy turns off, I get a call. He's outside, right? The car he's in is a fucking massive silver Mercedes, right? <laughs> massive, bling as fuck. Like, you know, like, and he's got those uh, high-vis lights on, you know, those LED lights. Yeah, yeah. Like, so the whole street is glowing. So it was windows down with the Bluetooth on with a phone call to the main guy. And like, so from down the street, so I'm walking up all the news. Yeah, bruv, put the money in the other bag, yeah? And then when you get this bit, yeah, make sure you separate it out and put the other money down the other side. I'm like walking up to the car like, mate, like from fucking miles away, yeah, yeah. keep your shit together. Is that, is that so that you don't, so that all your neighbours don't, or are you like, listen, just man to man, you're going to like end up getting nicked. Yeah, I don't you... give a fuck. If one of my neighbours like snitches, I'm like, what are they going to do? Like, is, are the police going to come out? Oh, my neighbour's got a bit a of weed. Man. No one's coming out for I've, that. I've been smoking a joint in front of police before. And Completely, like, man. Look, man, we're white. Weed's been legal for us for fucking ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that is white privilege right there. I've been walking down the street smoking joints yeah. and a coppers not look at me. But it's, uh, yeah, I'm not worried about the police. No one gives a fuck about weed. It's going to be legal soon enough. Everyone's, you know, they're not coming out for that call. It's more like, it's going to be a pain in your ass if you get fucking busted, lad. Like... Just keep your shit together in it. But yeah, I like I am I'm so pro legalisation and constantly on it. It just you know, there's no reason not to. Yeah. It does my head in like I, I literally I can argue till the cows come home on this. There is not one good argument against legalisation. what do how would you characterise you if you know, you know, you're sort of in that world a lot and, mm. and having these conversations a lot, what is the main what is the main argument against it? The main argument against it is like weed is bad, but it just doesn't make any but that, sense. That, I feel like there must be a mischaracterization. That must Massively. be a bit of a straw man. Oh no, it's, t- it's totally, it's total bullshit. Like um, you know, I think the standard that you got go off is like precedent, and we have a precedent for allowing illicit substances that could be harmful that people enjoy in alcohol and cigarettes that kill hundreds of thousands of people every year. Like, I think it's like a hundred thousand people in the UK or something die of fags every year, and like forty thousand off booze. Mm. Like zero from weed. You know, like, it's the whole thing. It's never killed anyone. It just can't. And it benefits loads of people. Like, no one has had any health condition cured by booze. It's never happened, you do, know? Do you think it's that um, no one wants to go out on a limb and sort of back it publicly, politically, mm. because, you know, it, you know, it's sort of like risky. You know, even yeah, if... Yeah, yeah. I think you probably would receive overwhelming support. The majority of people in, the, in Britain are now in favour, but, like, it's not a huge majority. And, like... But, I, like, my theory, right, we'll see if this plays out. I reckon Boris is going to do it, you know. 
I reckon Boris could... As his final act? Not, not even as his final, you know, because we're in a massive financial crisis. We need new growth industries. Uh, Britain is already the leading exporter of weed in the world. Yeah, I learned right? that. Shocking, right? Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? So we have, like, legal weed in the, these factories. We send it out to other places. And we have medicines where we syn- uh, synthesise, like, weed molecules and then put that into medicine when we could just use the fucking straight thing. But, uh, yeah, my theory is we're going to need a new growth industry. It's a huge amount of money we could just have. You know, it's million, hundreds of millions we're spending on wheat that could be taxed and all that. Yeah. We need, growth industry. And also, Boris sees himself as a bit of a fun lad, isn't it? Yeah. He's so on brand to be like, have a bifter. You know, so I, I, uh, I could see it happening. Um, it's, it, you know, I think it's the time to do it. I think there is the cause for it. And, you know, look, it's what the Tories love doing is top trumping Labour just before they get in. They did it with gay marriage. They went, we've legalised gay marriage. And the Labour are like, oh, we were going to do that. <laughs> you know, I could see it happening, you know. Yeah, and it wouldn't even be surprising anymore. Like, how in the zeitgeist... Nothing's surprising anymore, oh, is yeah, it? yeah, 100%. But, yeah, like, there, there's so many... Um, I don't know, so much support for it. Like, even, you know, my mum will be like, oh, I've been thinking about getting some CBD... And I'm just this like, is it. you're the one that was like going mad at me when I lived there. So normalised with that, and like that's what you, like that's my main my main argument against legalisation is it'll make weed lame. Like when your auntie's doing it, it makes yeah. it not cool anymore. Yeah. But like um, it's like that's what definitely what's happened in like Canada and stuff. Like you know, like a bunch of like uh, like yeah the. Aunties and mums will get together and have like some edibles and like. You know. yeah, but it's, it's great, man. That's I can't wait, be. man. I want to. I want. I want to have a joint with my mum. Yeah, that's it. She I, just won't do it till it's lawful. Exactly, and it's the law that holds them back. And like, I'm the same. I reckon my mum will as well. She will love it. Like, yeah. it'd be great for her. But like, it's the legal thing, and I've never had that. I don't equate legality and morality. You, at you all. said like drugs is a big topic in your act, yeah, or, or like on your YouTube. Maybe, yeah, just like, in my life. <laughs> you're totally cool with like your family. Yeah. I don't hide anything, man. Like I'm completely, uh, as a point of principle, I'm really open about my weed smoking. Like I, I believe it's important to be out. Other recreational drugs? Oh yeah, all of them. Um, like yeah, I've, I've never, I've never done uh, smack or crack or meth because I can't be trusted with the, them. The bad ones. The lifestyle drugs, right? Because <laughs> uh, I have a very addictive personality. I yeah. just know that about myself, so I've not fucked with them. Um, but everything else I've tried and enjoyed. Like you know, it's if you do drugs right, they're fucking brilliant. Yeah. And ultimately, I don't think it's anyone else's responsibility to tell me what I do and uh, don't do with my body. And I don't think it's shameful in any way. And um, So, especially with weed, I'm really big about, you know, if you're a weed smoker, I think it's your duty to tell people. Because it, it shatters those stereotypes of, like, yeah. stoners being lazy or it fucking up people's lives. When people find out that they're... Unless you are lazy and, and an yeah, idiot. If you, right. If you, then if keep you're it wearing, secret. If you're wearing stitched up harem pants and you've just got back from your fucking tour of Bangladesh finding yourself, shut the fuck up, right? We don't need anyone doing poi at these protests. Stop perpetuating stereotypes. Exactly. I always think that, right? When there's like weird protests, like, could you, right? Guys with dreadlocks, good to have you. You're a, you're a cornerstone of the weed scene. Could you pop to the back and could the guys with suits come to the front? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, because it's, it's, it's so prevalent. It's, it's businessmen and lawyers and doctors and not that they're better than anyone else, but they're more presentable to the general public, yeah. you know? And it is those people. If weed wasn't that popular, if that many people weren't smoking it, why are big skins available in every shop in the country? 
Right, I've never seen someone stood outside a pub with a fucking half a foot fag on the go. It's for joints. Because yeah. loads of people smoke it, especially now. Weed has got this country through I lockdown. I was picturing the half a foot fag. That's, I was like, <laughs> that sounds all right. Yeah, <laughs> no, they get minging by the end. I tried it once. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's really important to just be like out and proud as a weed smoker. And I think that's how things change, you know. I don't think there's an issue. Like, my mate Mickey, who I do my uh, Bielsa podcast with, texted me once in a panic. He was like ringing me. I was like, why have I got five missed calls from Mickey? Reading back and he goes, mate, you sent out a promo tweet and there's weed in the background. I was like, I don't have a job, mate. I'm fucking happy for them to know what's well, he's, he's pretty like uh, Christian-y well, about that No, stuff. well, he, he's, again, he's got a proper day job where it's like not cool. Like, um, if, you know, that thing was to come out. But for me, I'm a full-time comedian. So this you know? is a second podcast though, the Bielsa podcast. Yeah, it's a different one. That one is, if, if you're a Legion United fan or a Marcelo Bielsa fan, it's the podcast for you. If you're not, don't bother. It's an insanely detailed, geeky podcast about Marcelo Bielsa, who I love. So, so niche. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, Does it have a decent little following? It's, yeah, it's got a right little cult following of uh, mainly Leeds United fans and people in Argentina, you know, where he's from. Like, we've built up a core fan base out there. Like, I've started learning Spanish so I can go out and, like, meet people and chat Maybe to Maybe do a shit. pod in Spanish. That's the ultimate aim. Like, my ultimate dream. I've, I'm, I'm 18 days into Duolingo, so I don't think I'm quite there. Yeah. Unless the podcast is about one eating apples. I yeah. think we're going to have to <laughs> wait How a How many bit. dogs eat cheese? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I can't, I can't even do Oh, no, uh, That's in on. the first two hold weeks on, on Duolingo. I, I don't think I can say how many, but I could say uh, uno pero come queso. That means uh, our dog eats cheese. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Bit of Spanish for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Smashing it. But yeah, man, this is, like, it's, I like doing all different things and just sort of like um, having different... Sort of different facets of a personality that yeah. you can do now. You don't have to be one thing, you know. Like that podcast is really thoughtful and philosoph- uh, philosophical, and like we have like these long form debates because Bielsa is all about that, about the philosophy of football. Yeah, how meaning. how concentrated on this, or do you use him as a, a jumping point? He's uh, he's very much professorial and is about um, he's about humanity and about people, and like he always talks about the value of romantic defeat and why. Losing is sometimes more beautiful. Yeah, you'll, you'll have to excuse me. I'm, I'm not like a football yeah, yeah. guy, but yeah, I don't know about... He's an incredible human being, Marcelo Bielsa. He is um, uh, an entirely committed to honesty in an insane detail. Like, he once got on a... He, he's, yeah, just everything. And he's like, he's just an incredible human being. He's unlike anyone else. Like, his sense of morality and fairness is so deeply ingrained. Like, he once, uh, he won a title in Argentina and he went and he, um, he went on TV and he dedicated the win to his players. He was like, this is for them. They have done this, not me. And then three years later, um, he rang his, um, <laughs> he rang his assistant manager um, to apologise for doing that because he said he should have asked him before he gave that dedication. Three years later, he's that sort of guy. He's obsessed with like fairness and beauty. So we discuss moments from his career. And we talk about we we've set it up like a little church and like it's all tongue in cheek, but like we we have a sermon where we discuss. We interview different people and talk about incidents from his life and what we can learn from that and stuff. Yeah. It's genuinely beautiful, man. We've got this like really lovely community around You've it. sold him to me, definitely. Mate, I, need gen- to, I need to know about this guy now. Honestly, Marcelo Bielsa is one of the greatest human beings on earth and I think his, uh, his message transcends football. We genuinely have some people who are like... Um, we've had a message from people who are like, look, I don't like football at all, but there's someone I know who does. And I started learning about this guy and now I'm obsessed with him. He's a genuinely incredible human being. I think he's, uh, yeah. What, he's, like, what would he be doing if he wasn't in football? Well, he, he, probably politics. His family are a political family in Argentina. 
like is um like they're all in like really high positions in politics they're a bit of a sort of aristocratic family yeah Probably that he'd probably be like an incredible socialist leader. Like he's a, he's a he's, he's yeah. I'd love him to be prime minister. It'd be a lot nicer. Actually, on that topic, yeah. I'd love to know what it is you think that you would have to do. Maybe not what you would just be like. Well, fuck it. If it's not comedy. I'll just stack shelves. Yeah, yeah. But like another job you'd like to have a bash at. Maybe you'd be all right at. I don't know. You know, like I tried a lot of jobs and I was shit at all of them. Oh, yeah. I'm not very employable, man. It would have to be something creative, and it would have to be something where I work for myself. I can't respect authority. I just I'm terrible at it. Yeah. I got fired from like every job I ever had, just for either being mouthy or late or both. You yeah. know, like I don't know. You know, like it couldn't be something where you're self-employed, some sort of like construction or whatever. Maybe and then that. A I used to be a gardener for a while. You know, like that. I'd rather do something like that than like office work. Fucking destroyed me. Um, I don't know, maybe graphic design, you know. If it was these two, it could only be one or the other. Mm -hmm. Self-employed, no authority, do whatever you want, but it is just no creativity involved. Sure. Or on the other side, it's a creative job, but it's like for a company, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a hard one. I think I probably have to do the creative one and suck it up. I think I would. I just um, I, I think with boring tasks, if I even if I'm self-employed as well, there's no one to be accountable to. I, It'll I, just re- never I know happen. the brief said that it should be this cool, but I thought it really should. And they're just like, no more ideas, Rob. Just make it. And he's like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Look, that would suck, but I think I would I have to do that. That's not even creative, though. No, it's not really. But it would be more. Yeah, I think I would of the two. I mean, but look, I have had. So many jobs. Oh yeah. Oh mate, like so many. I, I would do. do you, when was the last time you had another? You have a job now? Or? No, I'm a full time comedian now. I'm clinging on to that just about with uh, online stuff through this. But uh, what, my, was, what was the last job before you? Went, fuck jo- this job. My last job. Well, f- I, the fuck this job happened a few years ago, and then I had to get another job. <laughs> <to that. laughs> yeah. My last job was uh, I uh, ran a market stall in the Arndale selling wooden toys. <laughs> No way. Yeah. In that little market bit with the food. No, I, was, I, I wasn't actually in the market, although shout out to Pancho's Burritos. If you're in Manchester, go get a burrito from Pancho's. The, the size of the burritos. It's like being handed a human Mate, baby. If Pancho, I, I love burritos. Pancho's is the one. Uh, I used to eat them so often. I bought all there. the little hot sauces they've got behind the counter. I went, I will have one of each of them. Mate, just blast everything they've got on. Just go some, stick it all in. and it's. So yeah, uh, but yeah, I was out in the main bit. So I was like in between Anne Summers and the like phones for you. I was out what? there. Oh, on that little street. On the little balcony bit, yeah. yeah. So I had a little stall there. A friend of a friend uh, ran them around the country and he was like, do you want to just run one for me? It was, you know what? It's uh, one of those the, tiny little, like literally this big from you to me. Those little tiny. It was a bit more than that, you know. Like we set up like all the things around. I had a little desk, and then we had all the stands around. But one of the best jobs I've ever had because, like, I set my own hours, and um, this was the fuck it job. No, like this, I'd already fucked off my office so job. So this was the. Right, this right. was like I could do with a bit more money. <laughs> so yeah. like I, uh, but yeah, and I got and to it was like. Good. Great man, because all I did was sit there and talk to nanas all day, and uh, I could set my own hours. So if I needed to work more, I could. If I didn't want to, I didn't have to. And I just employed comics, so it was just comedians who worked on Perfect. it. So like, and because it was all flexible, and I knew, you know, it was just fucking great, man. It was a right nice little job. What happened to it? Uh, eventually, like the store just closed down. Like it was seasonal, oh, so yeah. you know. And eventually, I moved to Brighton. Um, I think he still does them every now and again. They're fucking they're good. But that yeah, sounds alright. It was a decent job, man. Like, was it knowing that this? Oh, this is okay. I can come back out of retirement for this. Yeah, yeah, that was grand, man. Like it's and uh, you know, with it being flexible and all that sort of shit, it's what you need as a comedian. You need a job that you don't have to work too hard at. You need a job that doesn't take too much of your focus. Doesn't take any of your time when you're not working. 
is the is the preceding job um, a fun story about how it? Ended? Uh, well, no, that was just a. I was an office job. I worked as a. I worked as an admin assistant for a, a tech distributor. Yeah, so I was just speaking to people about fucking hard drives all day, man. It was criminal boring, but... Sounds so exciting, though. Fucking brutal. Like, uh, But yeah, I, uh, I, I sort of automated a lot of my work because I'm fucking lazy. I worked out how to automate it, and I had about an hour's work a day. So I'd just turn up late, sit and email comedy promoters and try and get myself work. Uh, automate it, like write little scripts to... Basically, yeah, I used like Excel to like... Um, I had big... That's crazy you would describe that as lazy. That's like super efficient. It's super efficient, but it means like... The reason I put that effort in was so that in future I would have less to do. So I, like I took a task that would take me five hours every day and I was like, this has got to, this has got to be a quicker way. And I got it down to like 20 minutes, just with, like automating stuff. Yeah. Then the tip with that is though, don't tell anyone you've done this. Because it, it's, you know, it's tempting to go, hey guys, I've done an awesome thing. Then they go, cool, here's all this extra work. Sure. I was just like, got to spend five hours doing this task. Yeah, <laughs> like, just get your work emails open all day so that you can... What I used to do when I've been working in offices before is just every so often you'd get up with a pen and just sort of walk around. Yeah, just look like, busy. Oh. Walk fast if you're in an office. Hold a piece of paper and walk fast and yeah. no one stops you. Yeah, yeah. Mate, I had all that shit going on. It got to... I was so good at skiving. They hired me an assistant. No way. <laughs> Did, they, did you have to let them in on the... Well, this is it, man. I had to have a meeting with her where like, I was like, I'm just going to like show her the ropes a bit. I took her in this meeting room and I was like, right, be cool. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you now have an hour's work a day. I had nothing. I was literally... I spent the last six months in that job doing nothing. Yeah. When I say nothing, I mean nothing. Well, I was not, not even trying to look busy. Or... I was looking busy, but I'm just fucking reading football blogs and that. Like, I was just uh, completely off, and yeah, it was fucking great. The only thing was, the girl who was hired as my assistant, she was a real, like, top last lighter, but she wanted to progress in her career. Yeah. She wanted to be doing stuff and working. So How we... ungrateful of her. She was off like, You've got the fucking dream! You don't have to do anything. But, like, yeah, she had different aims, so, yeah, that was a difficult for her, I think. But, um, yeah, then uh, eventually it got to the point where I had, a, I had a meeting with my sales manager. It was, like, uh, it was my fourth final warning. <laughs> they took me to a meeting. They were like, Rob, we told you a month ago, couldn't have you been late any more times. I was like, you've been late out of the last month, out of 20 occasions, you've been late 19. <laughs> I was like, and then he goes, we can just, right, the problem is, it's so palpably obvious how little of a shit you give. And I was like, yeah. It's like, so do you want to quit? And I was like, all right. Oh, is that how it was? Yeah, right. offered me you resignation. You want to quit, don't you? Yeah, because, like, you know, I got on with everyone there. Like, there were sounds and, like, um, you know, they come to shows when I'm in the area and stuff. I got on with them all. That's the thing. That's how you get it away with skiving. It's how they... That's how you get away with skiving. Be nice. Make people like you, right? Like, you know, and I'm, I'm good to have it in an office. I won't do any fucking work, but, like, you'll have more fun. You know? reckon morale went down after you left? Gotta have done. I was king of the bands. No, yeah. it was like, I reckon it'll be absolutely grand. They had a good laugh there. But, um, yeah, it was like, I'm just not cut out for that sort of shit, man. I can't do routine. It, it grinds me. It just, I can't focus. I just need to be doing different shit and... It's not where my skills lie, man. Yeah, that's fair. Well, you make a decent comedian, mate. Thanks, man. I did before all this shit. Yeah, when there was still comedy to be done. Like, do you have any sort of penciled in for like for how long, or just yeah. gonna wait and see? I mean, I've got I've got penciled stuff. You know, uh, it's all pencils now, though. Like, I'm not I'm not looking forward to anything because you can't at the moment. Like, I've had so many gigs this year be pulled the day before, or you know, like uh. government rules. Like, I had. 
The one like I had some really gutting ones because like this special that I've made on uh, back on the grass that I'm putting out on uh, Sunday, 29th. Give it a check out. That's on the YouTube today. Channel. Oh, today, fantastic! Go over to my YouTube channel. It'll be out now. Um, so like it's a bit different to like previous ones I've done because we filmed it over f- uh, six nights. So at these little DIY gigs that I'd put on with Freddie Quinn. Me and him just went out and like I made a stage out of a pallet. We got like a little cheap PA and some lights. We just went and made them happen. And like some of those, it was so hard to do because they would just get pulled all the time. Yeah. And like some of the ones I'm gutted about, the footage would have been so sick. I mean, like it looks amazing. I'm super happy with the special. It looks so cool and like it's great. But like there was two that I was super gutted about that we lost. So it was going to be even more gigs. Yeah. One, uh, the day before Manchester went into local lockdown, I was going to be doing one on the steps of a church that's been converted to flats. It would have looked so sick. And I got pulled the day before. And then the most gutting one was when we went back into the... I think it was when we went into the second lockdown. I can't remember. We had uh, Me and Freddie had booked a, like, a tourist barge to go down the canal. So we were going to have like 10 people on a boat and then me and Freddie doing comedy as we went down the river filming it. Yeah. Would have been so dope. But uh, yeah, that got nixed. The uh, the boat guy was like, we can't break the rules. I was like, we're on the water. It'd be fine. <laughs> but yeah, so it's been difficult doing that, man. Like, it's just... You can't really plan for anything, so I think you're just going to get disappointed if you do. So do you, I just is there any benefit conveyed by it, like some sort of reshuffle or mm. a, a recalibration, or yeah, is it just think, simply a setback for you? For, I think I think for comedy in general, I think it can be a good thing. I think if we take it in the right way, and I think for me, it's been in some ways good. Definitely, um, I, I was I was on a bit of a roll, and it was like a real momentum killer. But um, it's done some good things for me, definitely. Like, I just threw out all my material and started again. And, like, that's always good when you can just do that and just get that moment. But, um, yeah, I think that's what... It's a real chance for refreshing everything. And it's kind of a little disappointing to see a lot of people falling back into the old ways. We can burn all this shit down now. We can start this, like, new way of doing things. You can't even use momentum or inertia as the excuse anymore. This is it. It's, It's a time for new ideas and for taking things in new directions. And I think that... Yeah, we've got this real life fucking opportunity to do that. And um, what I'm really loving out of it is seeing the amount of people who have like sort of been forced to engage with the internet, uh, but who are doing like creative and interesting things. Some comics are doing sort of fucking cool shit. I mean, like loads of them are doing really lazy bollocks. Yeah. But they're learning, you know. This is what I keep saying to comics. It's like, it's taken me five years to get to this point with like my podcasts and my videos and stuff. It's learning. You just got to learn as you go. And uh, I'm really enjoying people engaging with that and doing that. And I think it's... Because that's the future where we can get to a beautiful world in comedy, where we all have our own platforms, we all build our own shit. Then we're free of control from other people, and we can all just boost each other and bring each other on our podcasts and like share out. And it just, I, th- I feel like there's this beautiful egalitarian future ahead of us if we just fucking we're brave enough to go and get it and just go do it. So I think now's the fucking time. That is well said, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for coming on this one. No, it's almost. It's been so a genuine joy. This you know? is, uh, yeah, it's been lovely to get to know you a little bit. Pleasure, we man. Hadn't yeah. really met before. I'd just seen you from <laughs> yeah, from, from, from the shadows. Um, yeah, and to anyone that's listening, watching, uh, definitely go and check out Rob's new shit on Back YouTube. Back on the grass, go on my YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, and tell tell all your friends about it, share it out with them, dislike it if you like. Yeah, apparently. do what you want, man, yeah, complain. If you're upset by any of it, please write a blog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's uh, the podcast, 
Rob Mulholland has an opinion. Yeah, just ne- check out my YouTube channel. Up. It's all on there. You know, all if the you go shit. on uh, Rob Mulholland Comedy, you'll find it all. All the everything. socials, Insta, Facebook. Yeah, at Rob Mulholland on pretty much everything. Um, so yeah, like Twitter's my main one. So yeah, check us out on there. Yeah, it's been really interesting to get It's been a pleasure, man. Thank you very much. Again in future, perhaps. Yeah, definitely, man. I'm around the corner. Yeah, man. Out. Pleasure. Keep it real, man. <laughs> Thanks for watching, everyone. <laughs>